Hello and welcome to the Australians Teach English podcast, the podcast by language learners, with language learners, for language learners. My name's Glenn and I'm the owner and director of the Australians Teach English Institute. And it's fantastic to have you with us today. We now have heaps of listeners. It's fantastic to see you all enjoying this show. And with us today, I have a very special guest, someone that knows a lot about heaps. He can actually lift heaps. He's the two-time Australian powerlifting champion, and he is also my brother. Welcome to the show, Paul. Hi, Glenn. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. I just want to clarify just one little thing. Um, I'm the provisional Divisional Australian champion because um, in Australia, Victoria are still struggling through their second wave of the coronavirus drama and their national championships are in a couple of weeks' time. But hopefully, hopefully there'll be no one in Victoria that's uh, better than me, so that provisional will become official. <laughs> but you're, you're at least the, 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 one time, the one time national powerlifting champion. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, last yeah. year... Last year, I won my first title and then was able to uh, perform just about as well this year. And um, fingers crossed, uh, no one in my age and weight category will be any better than me in a couple of weeks' time in Victoria. But, but regardless of this, you, you, managed to lift, you managed to lift heaps. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, a, a metric ton, apparently. No. <laughs> how, 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 mu how much heaps is heaps? How much is heaps? <laughs> Well, heaps can be, um, it's one of those strange words. No, 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 that that's not what I'm asking you. I'm asking you how much oh. did you lift in total in this competition? Okay. Well, for those of you uh, who aren't listening from Australia, I lifted uh, the equivalent of four and a half kangaroos. <laughs> no, I think it's more than, more, than, more than four and a half kangaroos. <laughs> the, the, most of the world okay. use, uses kilograms. It's just those people that, that yep. get it wrong in the, in the North of America that, that don't use kilograms. So, so in total, what, yeah. was the, what was the amount in, of kilograms that you actually lifted? In total, I lifted 562 kilos. Um, last year, I lifted, lifted 565. So I was pretty close to what I managed last year. And in the powerlifting um, sport, there's the three main lifts. There's the squat and the bench press, and then the deadlift. And your best lift across those three goes to your total. So my total was 562 across those three, those three different uh, elements of the sport. And, and probably your, your strength, so to speak, is, is your squat. Is that correct? Normally, normally that's true. Normally I'm able to lift heaps more in the squat uh, comparatively than the bench and the deadlift. Uh, but it wasn't quite the case this time around, but... Um, I've squatted 220 before, which is, uh, which is heaps, which is heaps. Um, but I didn't quite, didn't quite lift that much this year. There was a, I had an unfortunate eye injury when I was attempting my squats. So, um, so you burst a blood vessel. To, I did. I didn't, there was heaps of blood in there too. It was, yeah, uh, you burst a blood funny. vessel in well, his eye. So well, in both eyes. Yeah, <laughs> and I didn't so. realize until afterwards that I'd actually done that. <laughs> and um, had someone spotted it during the competition, I probably would have um, probably would have lost the plot a bit. I think. Yeah, it just shows you the, the amount of blood pressure. So you're probably lucky you didn't have a 
what we would call a bit of a red out when you're lifting weights and you yeah. and you lose yeah. consciousness. I did nearly, consciousness. I did feel pretty rough afterwards. So, mm. um, but I managed to um, pick myself up and continue on with the, it, the rest it, of the show. And it, it rattled your blood pressure a, a, a little bit, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. But, Absolutely. but, it, but it is interesting. I mean, you, you, you say that you squat 220 kilograms and, and I might say, okay, so, so my best squat is, I don't know when it was before my knee reconstruction, 120 or 140 or something like this. But the, the key, the key for you in the powerlifting is that you have to, you have to go lower than, than 90 degrees in the yeah. squat. And most people cannot even get to 90 degrees in the squat, let alone, let alone lifting <laughs> 200 plus, plus kilos in the, in the squat. So this is, this is really, really super impressive. It is, it is heaps of weight. Oh, absolutely. It's heaps of weight. Yeah. And so, um, it, it's hard to get yourself out of that bottom position when you're yeah. right on the, rather than the limits of your strength. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And your and your weakest and your weakest element, so to speak, is is which mm -hmm. one? Ah, bench press. Bench press. Bench press. And so it's, how much still, can you how ma how many benches can you press? <laughs> how much can you do in your bench press? Um my all-time PB is 130 kilos and on the weekend just gone I only managed 127. Mm. But, only. Yeah, only sorry. Um but I had had some shoulder issues in the past, not not dissimilar to the ones you've had, Glenn. Um but from where it was where I was basically told that I wouldn't be able to do anything above head height or um be able to um to lift the weights that I'd been doing before to come back and get anywhere near a PB is, is pretty sweet, it's pretty special. Yeah, so 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 for listeners listeners out there, obviously we've been we've been involved in in sport for for most of our lives. I've had I've had two two major surgeries on on one of my on one of my shoulders, and that's yeah, a, a constant a constant battle for for me. Something that I'm that I that I have to do exercises for for every day, even though it's twenty or more years since since I first injured it and, and near almost 20 years now, since my last, since my last operation. And, and you, you sort of had a similar time frame with, with your shoulder injuries. Obviously there's something genetic with our shoulders, with our biomechanics, yeah. but, but you first injured your shoulder. Well, more than, more than 20 years ago. How, how did you first injure your shoulder? You're talking about the pole vault. I am. <laughs> oh man um going back gee that's 35 years ago nearly not not, not 35 but no, 25 no, 25 25-ish years ago and i was part of a um this seems to be a running thing part of a trial <laughs> to see whether track and field sprinters could be um turned into pole vaulters because one of the elements of pole vault is getting enough speed in the run-up and then trans Spurring that, yeah, that horizontal speed into vertical, into vertical force. Um, but uh, I had the speed. I didn't have the flexibility to really do what these uh, pole vaulters can do. And this one particular day, I went in and I planted the bar, and um, you put the bar into little into little box that 
helps you to then leverage up. And I kind of went sideways. And instead of letting go of the bar or the pole and falling safely onto the mat, so I tried to uh, keep hold of the, the pole and fix things up. But then I landed on the grass next to the mats and hurt my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> but but having, but having, having, so we're, so we're talking about that sport. I'm not even sure how we would call that in, in Spanish even, but in, in English it's called pole vault where, where the people run with a big long bar and they, they put it in the ground and they, they jump over it really spectacular. It's perhaps the mm-hmm. most spectacular of all the athletic sports. Absolutely. But having said this, you still hold, you still hold a record for this. Is this correct in Western Australia? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I hold the under 13 state pole vault record. Must be one of the longest lasting state records oh. of, of all time. You, you've caught me on the hop then. I haven't actually uh, checked on that, but could I wouldn't be, be surprised if someone has actually, if someone has actually surpassed it, but yeah, they would, didn't would, have that for I'm a not while. even sure if they would need, even need a bar. They could probably just, they could probably just jump. <laughs> just run up and jump over it, yeah. Right. Without the bar. So, so anyway, this is really how you, you got into the sport of, of powerlifting. For, forever and a day, you were a very good, you were a very good sprinter, a track and, a track and field mm-hmm. athlete. And obviously, being a very good sprinter, it, it lends itself to having... A, a lot of a lot of power so so my friends often joke joke to me now especially that i look like my brother well if you see our faces maybe but if you see our bodies we are we are completely <laughs> we are completely different i'm in comparison to my brother i'm kind of more of what we would call a, a bean pole quite quite thin although i'm not i'm not particularly thin not like i not like i used to be I, I, I'm certainly a lot wider than what I used to be, but my brother is, is what we would call built like a brick, built like a brick yeah. house. He's, yes. he's like a square. He's like a Rubik's cube, basically. <laughs> That's how he's built. So, so if you want to, if you want to push him out of the way, it's kind of like trying to push yourself through, through a, a concrete wall. It's not, it's not going to happen. And so his, so his shoulders are, are, no, I, I'm probably what ten centimeters taller than you, but you would be at least ten centimeters yeah. wider than me in the shoulders. So, so you're a nightmare to go on holidays with on the aeroplane, oh, and I'm not so either. So we end up having to <laughs> we end up having to lean against each other and, and sit on angles so I can have my leg room and Paul can have his yeah. Paul can have his shoulder right. room. Shoulder room. <laughs> <laughs> and and so and so so then. You, you were saying before, okay, so, so yeah, 25 years ago, you, you hurt your shoulder. And then, and then recently, yep. a few years ago, you hurt your shoulder badly again. And, and, and what, happened, yeah. what happened there? So we, for, our, for the listeners out there, both Glenn and I, we don't just hurt ourselves in normal ways, do we? We find really obscure, properly. bizarre. We, yeah, we do things the, uh, the spearing way, I think is, uh, <laughs> is how you call it. Um, but I was playing cricket and um, I swung at this, um, this time. We had a cricket podcast the other week um, and I hit the ball on the very end of the bat and it jarred all the way up into my shoulder and part of one of my shoulder muscle tendons actually ruptured and um, very unusual, very unusual injury. And um, we didn't quite realize at first how serious it was, but um, 
it got to the point where I probably needed surgery to try and repair it. And there was no guarantee that surgery would, um, would even make it as good as, or half as good as what it used to be. So, and then having surgery on a shoulder means you're in a sling for six weeks and you can't move it. And there were so many things that were, um, were not looking good about it. And I was quite down. And then there was an opportunity to be part of another trial, which again, yeah, seems to be a running theme, to be part of a stem cell therapy trial on the repair of shoulder tendons. And um, I jumped at this chance because I didn't particularly want to have surgery. So, so stem cells in Spanish, at least, are cellulas madres, something, something like this. So that would be the, the translation of what we're talking about here of stem cell, stem cell therapy. So then, so then what was the, what was the process after you had this therapy? What, what was your recovery like? What was, what did you do after this? So once I had the actual stem cells injected into the, into the tendon, there was a, about a month of waiting to make sure that actually, that actually, um, started growing and then then we started this really long rehab program and um in probably about a year or less than a year i was um back up to what we call pre-injury strength so the stem cells combined with all the physio work and all the all the work that that i'd done has actually um paid dividends really and now i'm 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 back up to my to the strength that I've, I've, I've had before. So, <laughs> and he's even more, easy. he looks even more like a square shape <laughs> now than ever, <laughs> than ever before, than ever before. But, uh, <laughs> as, as Glenn and I were talking earlier, um, I can go through this really hardcore weights program, but as soon as I mop the floor, my shoulder, my shoulder complains at me. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so this is, this is something that we, that we, that we both, that we both face. We're, we're both quite, quite strong um obviously um but but then but then doing doing strange things can 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 result in injuries for for example my my worst injuries have come from come from golf <laughs> rather than yeah. well and foot and aussie rules football as well but but golf golf as well so so we sort of tend to do things in in unusual in unusual ways but but when you were doing your rehabilitation, when you started your rehabilitation, yep. did did you start by doing two hours of exercise after? How no. did you start? So it was baby steps first, and it was actually really hard to try and throttle myself back and actually just do small amounts. I just wanted to go in there and just do heaps and heaps, but um I couldn't do it, even though it, even though the shoulder felt good, I knew that one false step, I'd be uh, right back to the start. And um, having that in the back of my mind helped me to just focus on those small little increments and slowly build things back up because I knew that if I followed the program and did what I needed to do and know more, that I'd still get there in the end without any uh, setbacks. Excellent. So, so this, this is, this is something that we find with, with language learning is, and probably with, with anything really, 
is that we're, we're trying to do something new and we start with a lot of energy and and so we do things for for an hour or two hours a day we do it for a week and we don't we don't see any results and then we get frustrated and then we stop i think this is perhaps more common with with languages maybe than anything else but i think it's it's something that's common whenever we we're trying to learn a new skill but really the, the, the secret is 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 consistency yeah five five you, minutes you're spot on Mm. So the the key thing I can I can um, relate language learning to to our strength improvements and and weight improvements is that the key component is time. That is the key component, and you could be doing the most basic weights program, but as long as you're doing it, as long as you are consistent, and as long as you get the time in, you will improve. Yeah. You might not improve as much as someone who's doing a bigger program, but you're still going to improve. And yeah. small improvements are better than no improvements. Yeah. And small improvements over a longer period of time are probably more what we call sustainable. Yeah. There's less risk involved. Yeah. And we can probably, we could probably relate this back to one thing that I think actually helped, helped me learn languages was, was when I was recovering from my, from my knee reconstruction. That was, that was a very, very similar process. Actually, actually I learned a lot from, from recovering from my knee reconstruction um, for, for every, for my everyday life. I, I, I wrote my thesis during and after this process. And I don't think i I probably wouldn't have been able to do it without learning these, these life lessons. And, and same, same with learning a, a language the, the research shows that it, it's, it's the duration of the time that you learn something, especially with language rather than the time that you actually learn it. So your overall time in the language class does not relate to your overall achievement it's more likely that you are going to achieve a higher result. If you learn a language for six months with short periods of time, than you are with that same study period or even more in one month. So this is, this is a key finding and it's something that is often debated when we're talking about intensive language learning and, and things like this. People go, well, I'll, I'll go somewhere and I'll learn something intensively for a week or two weeks. And then people get frustrated when they, when they don't reach the level that they're expecting. And it's because it's simply the matter of it's the time of absorbing all of this information. That's really seems to be a key with a, with a lot of different, with a lot of different things in life. Absolutely. And, and, and my brother isn't, isn't a language learner. Um, much to my much to my chagrin, even though I try and I convince struggle with English as enough as it is. But the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're we're not smart, but we can lift heavy things. I think is probably is probably an expression that we could we could apply to ourselves. But the, oh, don't sell yourself short, Ben. You nah. you do all right, mate. <laughs> but sure but there, but there is a time that you wish that you were a language learner. Mum 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 tells me about this story when when we were going to meet each other in in Paris. I'd I'd been in in Spain for six weeks <laughs> or something like this, and 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 my mum or our mum and and my brother Paul were were going to meet us in in Paris, and so they'd taken a flight into Frankfurt or something, and we were taking a train. 
to Paris. And there was a, there was a lovely young lass apparently who didn't, that you took a, that you took a liking to that didn't speak a word of English. Is this correct? Can you, t- can you tell me about this story? It's a good thing. This isn't a, um, a telecast cause I've gone bright red here. Um, um, <laughs> I've, I've, sti- I've stitched yeah, you up. I've sti- this you, is called a stitch have. up. You have, and you've done it very well. I'm going to have to chat to mum about this, aren't I? Um, but yeah, there was a train. I don't remember where it was. It was either between Paris and, um, and um, Brussels or one of those. And she ended up being Greek. And she said, or I figured out, she said she could speak a little bit of French. All right, no worries. Um, I couldn't speak, well, I can speak a little bit of French, but only as much as my uh, year eight memory would allow, which is, you know, that's going on 30 odd years. Um, and so we used, we used Google Translate on the phone to try and, to try and communicate with, with each other, which was absolutely hilarious because she was Greek, typing in Greek words, to translate them into English and I was typing English words to translate them into French and then she could read the French. And it was just, um, it was just, it was just hilarious. And I took it as an opportunity to actually try and learn a few words, but no, no, I, my brain just isn't, not to say I couldn't do it, but um, my brain's full of so much other junk that filling it with another <laughs> language would just push stuff out. Yeah, way so, so like, like Homer Simpson, every, 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 every time I learn something new, it pushes something else out. Just like when I went to that wine, wine appreciation course. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot how to drive. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot how to drive. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Now, is there a, it, does, does the Simpsons cross over into Spanish? I think yes. that's one of the first ways you learn how to speak Spanish, yes. wasn't it? So, so the actually, subtitles on the... Yes. So, so it's, it's one of the reasons why I actually had so many friends already here in Argentina was, was that as you were, we're both very big fans of, of, of the Simpsons and the Simpsons are for some reason are really huge in, in Argentina. So, so anyway, I got, I got talking to, to some, some people from Argentina cause I said, Oh, well, I, I want to learn. I want, I want to learn some stuff. I want to practice and Oh yeah. Okay, cool. And so, so anyway, I, I joined a, a meme group of Simpsons to in, in Spanish to actually, to actually learn and to practice and to actually practice. And that's perhaps one of the reasons why my friends here say I use so many bad words is because they're generally the <laughs> words that I, that I learned in, in terms of, in terms of the expressions, in terms of, the jokes, but it was actually a, a really useful way of, of meeting friends and actually learning the language, mm. perhaps an unusual way. <laughs> so, so actually I was talking to someone last night about this because in the episode about the Simpsons going to, going to Australia, when Bart rings up the phone in Australia and anyway, the man in Australia rings him back and in the, in English, um, the scene is, oh, oh, maybe what, what's, what does Bart say back to him? He says, did a dingo eat your baby or something like this? There's a famous, a famous thing that happened <laughs> in Australia, but in the, in the 
in the in the Latin dubbed Simpsons that says something about oh, why don't you go and watch Skippy the Bush Kangaroo or something like or something like really? this. And so my, <laughs> my friends didn't understand what this reference was about. And I thought, well, this is strange because I would have thought that the dingo incident was actually more famous than Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. Hmm. And anyway, they, they didn't, they were a bit incredulous that there was actually a, a TV show called Skippy the Bush Kangaroo, which is, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't really, and actually probably looking at it, if you didn't, if you sort of, if you're looking at it from outside, it's kind of, there was a TV show about a, about a kangaroo, a kangaroo that saved people. <laughs> it's kind of a bit, it is kind of a bit strange actually. Skippy. Oh, gee, skip. Exactly. Exactly. Skippy the bush kangaroo. <laughs> so, so now, now we come, we come back to, 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 to you here, here and now. And that, and that you are, well, hopefully, well, that's not really important, I guess, at this stage, you're the, the national champion of, of, lifting, of lifting heavy things. And, and what, what's your secret, apart from being, being strong and built like a, and built like a rectangle? Or a square, a triangle, or a square. Square, triangle. Pyramid. The, no, the key, the key secret, <laughs> <laughs> just shaved the gorilla. Um, <laughs> the, the key secret, and it isn't really a secret, and it comes back to, to learning stuff, is that you've got to have, it's time in the game, and it's a consistency. And we try to train three nights a week, um, and... I was able to achieve what I achieved because I met those, those goals of doing it three times a week. Uh, they weren't long sessions, um, but there were important components in each of those sessions that allowed me to progress. And um, I pretty much hit all of my goals except for the squat in the competition. So um, I knew that what I'd done um, leading up to that had worked and um, being able to replicate that again for my next comp is the goal. And, there is, there is no secret. It does take, it does take a bit of work, but if you have it clear in your, in your mind, what your goals are and you're able to break down those goals into smaller, into smaller, what we call bite-sized chunks. Um, and each one of those little bite-sized chunks has a, has a set of achievable goals in it. Then um, you, you won't have any trouble, but it does come back to being consistent and just having the time. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a really really fantastic lesson for for language learners. It, it's not about saying, well, I want to be the national champion or, or or something like this. It's about, well, okay, I can I can study today for for twenty minutes, or I'm going to do exercise for day for twenty minutes. It doesn't it doesn't really matter what it what it is. If you actually start by by looking at something achievable, you will go towards your you will go towards your goals. It doesn't matter if you're if you're lifting weights or, or learning a language. And also, perhaps one thing the key to be the key to be realistic here. It's you know I'm not yeah, gonna, I'm not going to lift a thousand kilos. It's not gonna it's not gonna happen. 
Um, but that doesn't mean you can't lift 200 kilos. Yeah, but or, also, or 100 kilos. But also in in terms of in terms of your competition, there is a there is a lot of pressure on this, and even even for for some of my students in in Asia, for example, they're they're looking for ways to to improve their their performance with drugs and things like this. Mm-hmm. And of course, in in your sport, that's obviously a problem. But you you particularly have to have drug tests and things like this Correct. regularly. So this is also an important thing to to keep into into perspective as well. Mm-hmm. That if you start setting yourself unrealistic goals, then you may actually go down a path where you're actually doing something that's not that's not healthy for you, that's not that's not productive, that's actually counterproductive yeah. in the end. Correct. So so it's been it's been fantastic talking to you for this for this show. It's been it's been heaps yeah. it's been heaps of fun. It's it has been, been heaps of fun, Glenn. And yeah. Thank you for uh, inviting me on and, and having a chat about heaps of heaps of crap. Yeah, <laughs> no worries. And and I think and uh, and hopefully there there's there's heaps of questions and I think I think we might have yeah. you on again and we'll I'm sure there'll there'll be someone that, that, that has a query about an expression or something that we've spoken about that wants some clarification. But this is this is this has been heaps useful, I think, for for a lot of people out there. So I think I I think that's excellent. So thank you very much, Paul. I know that you've thank you've, you, recently, Glenn. you've recently finished a gym session and you've been lifting heaps of weights. So you probably yeah. need to need to get a bit of rest. But I look forward no, to No, no, we're gonna go and eat heaps of food now. You're gonna eat heaps of food and then and then go to sleep. And then go to sleep. Then have then have a good sleep. Absolutely. So I will I will see you all again very soon. So until next time, it's it's us at the Australia's Teaching English Podcast, the podcast by language learners with language learners for language learners saying goodbye. Bye bye. For more information about the Australians Teach English Institute, go to australiansteachenglish.com or follow us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube at Australians Teach English.